Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from Western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. here this time talking Dragon Quest 11s with master of RPGs and truly a positive figure on Twitter Mr. Stealth 40k welcome stealth thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to come talk Dragon Quest with me how are you doing today I'm doing great and thanks for having me uh, it's always a good time to talk about Dragon Quest in my opinion oh there's never a bad time this is true this is true but yes this episode we are going to be talking about last year's switch port of dragon quest 11 specifically dragon quest 11 as the definitive edition which as i said came out last year in 2019 it released both locally and overseas in japan on september 27th of 2019 and we won't usually we spend a little time going back through and reminiscing of some of the games that came out the year that the game we talked about came out but because it was literally a month ago, we're just going to kind of breeze through these real quick, just as a refresher. But we got Star Wars Fallen Order. We got Control. We got Outer Worlds. Kingdom Hearts 3, that was a big one at the start of the year, along with Resident Evil 2. Sekiro Dies Twice from From Software taught us how to be ninjas. Luigi's Mansion 3 gave us Gooigi. Bless Nintendo. Borderlands 3 had some... Uh, rocky announcement patches but it came out to be quite a good game forager a nice little uh indie title fantastic game on steam i highly recommend you check it out along with on consoles and my favorite games of 2019 trails of cold steel 3 and the remastered versions of cold steel 1 and 2 stealth what games like really stood out to you last year that you played like off the top of your head well, other than Dragon Quest Eleven, which we'll talk about, and that blew me away. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed Luigi's Mansion Three. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly thought it was one of the best games of last year that probably didn't get enough recognition that that I thought it deserved. But yeah, I was really just impressed with the polish on that game. It was, it was, it was pretty special. It was. It was one of the best-looking Switch games, I thought. The aesthetic of that game was fantastic, I thought. Yeah. looked really, really good. The other game that you didn't mention on this list is um, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the remake that Grezzo yes. did, which I thought was really something special, too. That game, from the moment I and started that game up to when I ended, I just was smiling. And Such a good game. the last game... I I would be disappointed in myself if I didn't mention it, considering the Smash Brothers news of this week is Fire Emblem yes. Three Houses, which is honestly one of the best strategy RPGs ever made. I think. I'm, I I agree. It did. It has done so much for that series, just in terms of recognition. West side, like in the west side of the world, Western world, um, it it was fantastic. I love how kind of meme worthy, uh the claude's voice actor like i think it's joe zyja or something forgive me internet for not remembering off the top of my head but follow him on twitter it's fantastic um but that game was amazing and i'm i'm looking forward to byleth i would have been much more disappointed in byleth if we didn't also get the announcement of six brand new characters yeah so. that's a big part of it where where it kind of feels like now byleth's in the middle rather than mm -hmm. the end and yeah, it, it definitely lessens the blow. The, the, the fact that Byleth is a very, very unique character, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that helps. Um, honestly, it, it could have been a Monster Hunter character, the way that moveset works, but, oh, you yeah. know, it's Fire Emblem, so it, it's, it's fine. And, you know, as you said, the, the fact that we're getting 
six more fighters exactly the same way as last time character stage spirits uh classic mode um music you know people shouldn't really mm-hmm. be that that upset i mean you know we, we we did get joker and banjo and terry and hero so there, there were a lot of big picks in this fighters pass already yeah and sakurai loves fire emblem he's given us so many characters let him have i'm it's not just a standard counter sword character, so I'm perfectly fine with it. You know that would yeah, that was pretty much my initial thought too. Is he's been playing the series literally since it started in 1990. He loves the series, and you know if we were in that position, mm-hmm. wouldn't we put our favorite characters from our favorite series in? You know, of course we would. Exactly. Exactly. But we speaking of a decent segue you mentioned the hero being in smash brothers well we are talking about a specific hero in a specific game with dragon quest 11 s now you from what i remember of your tweets you held off for dragon quest 11 until the switch port correct did yeah it was a long time yeah yeah it was was there a particular reason you did that yeah it was because it was either right before the ps4 version came out or right after it was around then where an interview came out with the directors and the producers of the game and they said that the switch version would have more content so we knew that well ahead of time so you know i made i made the either i was going to play the ps4 version knowing that it wasn't going to have as much content as the switch version or I was going to play both, which I wasn't sure I was going to have time to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still haven't replayed Dragon Quest XI. It's a massive game. But, yeah, I made I made the hard choice to wait. Well, I your resolve is super strong because I'm not that strong. I, would, I had to pick it up with PS4 and then again on Switch. But what an amazing title Dragon Quest XI in general is. But... But as you said, the additional content with the Definitive Edition blew my mind. It is literally two games because you get the 2D version too, you know? Um, yeah, you, did you get... Go ahead. You get all the 3DS content, which included mm-hmm. the 2D, 3D Switch, um, as well as the ability to jump into 2D versions of other Dragon Quest areas and have even mm-hmm. more quests to do there. Um, so yeah, it was just not not to mention the Switch exclusive added scenes and content and all of the um, quality of life changes they made. So it was just an enormous package. I love the... Now, when you were primarily playing, did you have it on the orchestral soundtrack or the original MIDI soundtrack? Never actually heard the original MIDI soundtrack. I think on the Switch version, it's default to orchestra, so that's what yeah. I went with. Okay, okay. Now, real quick, what was what's your experience been with the Dragon Quest series as a whole? Like, have you been playing it since you were little, or did you kind of jump in with Dragon Quest Eight or the DS titles? What What's your kind of background with the series? I got... My very first Dragon Quest game, starting with Dragon Quest 1 on the NES. And, you know, I always credit that game as being the game that got me as crazy into JRPGs as mm-hmm. I've gotten. Um, and ever since then, I've literally bought every entry, every side game. That There are a few side games that I've had to import from Japan because they didn't come out here. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. pretty, I'm pretty crazy into this series. Now, real quick with your nes dragon quest did you buy the cartridge or did you get it free with nintendo power because we got it my older brother got it free from nintendo power no i can't exactly remember i want to say that i got it from the nintendo power nice a a true original fan right there but uh my truthfully my original like my first memory i have I was probably super young. I was born in 88, so this game was super new. I was probably born... I think it, this came out in the States in 89, I want to say. Off the I think top around of my there, head. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't um, know off the top of my head. Yeah. But I remember trying to get out of the King's Room, but because I was super young, I couldn't read or anything, just walking around in circles in the King's Throne Room. Because back in those days, you had to select a door to open up a door, or stairs, the stair command to use the stairs, but... So what 
about Dragon Quest? Where does Dragon Quest Eleven S stand for you in terms of rankings of the, in the series? Is it towards the top? Did you, middle? Where where's it rank for you? Well, starting with other RPGs on Switch, I, I definitely think it's a top five RPG on Switch. You know, the rankings are always debatable, oh, yeah. but you know, it, it's it's that good. Yeah. Um, in terms of rankings, it's tough. Um. It's definitely top three in the Dragon Quest series. I, I really love Dragon Quest VIII, particularly um, the enhanced mm -hmm. port that came to 3DS, which I think added a really nice ending that I kind of wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dragon Quest V is... I still can't play that game without getting emotional. It, it's it's brutal. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it, it's tough. I really love that game. So those are my top three. 11, 11, 8, and 5. Um, you know, and then the others come out in various places after yeah. that. Um, so, but yeah, those are definitely in my tops. Now, with Dragon Quest Eleven, I re what were some of your favorite moments from this game? Like, what really stand out? Like, when you think Dragon Quest Eleven, what comes to mind? Well, the the moment that shocked me the most, and this is going to be a spoiler, um, is when Veronica died, and and I had tweeted about this that that part had actually been spoiled for me. Um, oh, wow. so I was like, "What? A main character dies?" I'm like, you know, you just don't expect it like that. But yeah, mm -hmm. even though I knew it was happening, that was very very emotional. Um, and then the other kind of crazy part about the game that I remember is after you beat the game, you beat the boss, and then, you know, it gives you the option to, 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 to go back in time, save Veronica, and then, you know, because of that change, like, the, the timeline kind of diverges and different things happen, and now there's, like, a completely different final boss. Um, and so I thought that was really well done and interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, those, those are the two that really stand out for me that are kind of major spoilers. Yeah, those were really good. One moment I think that really touches me and that I really liked was when you're going back kind of into the past and you're seeing the history of your character, the Luminary, and like everything that happened on the night, everything fell apart. And you kind of are talking to the spirit of your father and you kind of have to break him out of the curse and you talk to him. That that I really liked. That was a really good part I enjoyed. Um and then, of course, when you're when you re, um, you find when you're reuniting the party, you find Silvando, and you're part of his his merry men, the Soldiers of Happiness, I think it is, or Soldiers of Smile. Um, yeah, you have to do that parade. Smile. That that parade that was just yeah. fun. That was just silly and fun. Um, but it was this game has from the outside looking in for people that don't necessarily enjoy the enjoy anime aesthetic in general or Toriyama's work things like that the colorful art style and character design really hides and doesn't give you an idea of just how deep and emotional this game is I think and people that may be turned off by the art style I think should definitely still give this game a shot even if you're not an RPG fan I think should give it a shot just to experience the story and the characters because they really are really really well done i think yeah i i, I agree i mean the, the voice acting goes a long way in, in that regard i think the voice acting is really very very good um and I'm, I'm not sure if that was in the original ps4 release or if they added more lines because i know the the original release of eight in Japan didn't have voice acting and then they added that later. So I wasn't sure if the original I, I don't I don't think the original version of this game actually did have voice acting until it came to PS4 in the West, but I could be wrong about yeah. that. But that yeah. yeah, that that it goes a long long way in, in making that emotional and honestly, I think that's a big part of Dragon Quest for me in general is how emotional I get with those games. Mhm. Mm they there's something special and there's there's a comfort in always playing for me anyway there's a comfort coming back to a new dragon quest because even though there's a couple there's there's always some new mechanics and of course the story and the characters are new new there's 
I can always expect a solid turn-based kind of old-school RPG experience with a fleshed-out world and amazing music, and it's just... I, that's why I always get excited when a new Dragon Quest is announced and gets released. It's because it's like going back to an old friend, you know? And even, like, the very, very end of the game, the, the extra scene that kind of leads into Dragon Quest Three was mm -hmm. very well done, and that blew me away, where it kind of... It, 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 ties, it ties the series together in a way that really isn't so um, obvious... Um, which, you know, I really, really liked, where basically Dragon Quest Eleven is just one story in this whole, you know, realm of, 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 of Dragon Quest games, you know? It's just one book on the shelf. And, yeah, so, you know, it's always fun to see what the creators of the series do to kind of tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Completely. Uh, completely agree on that point. So with with this game, did you have what was your go to party, or did you kind of swap in characters in and out? Um, for the first part of the game, my party was Hero, Eric, Veronica, and Serena. So you know, two kind of power characters, and then two magic characters. Obviously, you have to have a healer in this game. It's it's kind of critical yeah. that you have one. You you can't really beat it without one. Um, and then. The second part of the game, and then the, well, the middle part of the game, I should say, I went Hero, Eric, Hendrick, Serena. Okay. Um, so I had kind of three main attackers and then one mage. And then the end game, I went Hero... Actually, I said the same. I went Hero, Eric, Hendrick, Serena. And that was a little tougher. Um, but I was able to beat the game that way. I, I, I didn't use Sylvando. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't use Rab. Uh, I didn't use Jade. I, I kind of stuck with four that I really liked. Yeah. For me, I I used Hero and Rab. Were, Hero, Rab, and Eric were usually my mainstays, and then I would swap out that the, the fourth member, um, depending on the situation, kind of boss. If I needed a heavy deal, heavy, more like more of a heavy damage dealer, um, I would swap in Hendrick later on in the game. If earlier on, I would do the magic users. Um, if I needed healing, I would do Serena and stuff like that. Jade, if I needed another powerhouse, stuff like that. Um, but Eric, Rab, and Hero were were my main team. Um, I loved <laughs> Rab's pearly gates. How he basically did a Kamehameha just made me laugh, and I would just use that over and over. It was, it was a good time. I, I no, used the you... other, sorry, just to kind no, of, I, I used the other characters like Rab and Silvando when there was like a quest specific thing that I had to do with mm -hmm. them. But yeah, other than that, you know, but it's so cool. Like I, I would watch, um, you know, let's play to this game and blind runs and everyone uses different teams. So that's what makes it fun is you can kind of pick who you want. And that's such a good indication that the game and the characters I feel are balanced because you can get through the game with all these different characters that there's not a clear definitive. This is the best character. Don't, don't bother with the other ones. Like and I feel the, a lot yeah, of character games can be. The, the only character you really sort of need to at least like beat like a lot of the extra bosses and the end game stuff is Serena. Like you do need like that top level heal healer that, that that's mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't, kind of try and do as much damage as you well i guess you can you know if you level up high enough and you do enough damage you you can't do it without a healer but it makes it very hard so so that's kind of like the one character that i would recommend for every team is definitely serena and i think that can be applied to a lot of rpgs make sure you have a good healer on your team whether huh. it's a, a traditional jrpg or an mmo or uh or even Western RPG, just make sure you got a good healer. They they save your butt a lot. Save your butt. So, <clears throat> so did you complete all the um, post game content as well, like the secret bosses and everything? Um. So I I did every quest but one, 
And I don't know if you remember this, but it, it, you know how you have that like wheel quest where you take a certain predetermined party um, in that like Sri Lanka area, and you have to, yeah. yeah so there, there, there's a quest there where you have to beat all of those, and I think one of the last items you get, someone wants. So I didn't do that because you know I didn't level mm. up my party high enough at, at that point to be able to complete that side quest. <clears throat> um, but I did every other one but that. Um, I got enough mini medals to get all the prizes, which they're very great. Nice. They're they're very generous with that in this game. Actually, they they give you more than you need. Um, let's see. I beat every extra boss but one, and um, it's where uh, the I forget the names now, but uh, Hendrix's ancestor, that legendary hero, where you can kind oh, okay. of determine if you want to get married or not, and you know you can do that a few extra times to get extra bosses and there were a few of those that i didn't beat that you okay. know i wasn't really i wasn't really leveled up high enough for but in terms of the ones where if you go to the different towns and refight those bosses um yeah I, I beat all those nice do you see yourself going back and finish i know this is a very heavy rpg year uh with 2020 do you see yourself going back to 11s and either doing a draconian run or finishing those the last um optional side bosses i think so just because i have so much on my plate it's it's yeah. rpg crazy this year oh, it's, i'm trying i i'm having a hard time remembering another year that was as jam-packed with pretty big rp like rpgs western rpgs including like with things like cyberpunk in addition to jrpgs it's it's nuts 2020 it's will be pretty nuts. wild and and not even including like um le le like uh Trials of uh, what am I talking about? Uh, Legend of Heroes: Trials of Cold Steel Three is coming to Switch, which is a big RPG that a lot of people will actually play for the first time now. Um, you know, you have Xenoblade Two, you have yeah. Bravely Default Two. Oh no, not that. No, you have you, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Definitive Remaster. Edition. Yeah, Definitive Edition. You have Xeno. You have um, Bravely Default Two. You have Trials of Mana, which is a complete remake of the third game, which looks brand new. Um, you just have a ton of stuff. Um, you have Pokemon Mystery Dungeon that's coming out. You know, it's just so mm -hmm. much craziness. There's so much craziness. And of course, you have Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a big one for a lot of people. You, you oh, have I a new. I haven't heard of that game. Uh, what's 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 it about? Uh, I don't know. No one's ever heard of it, so let's not even talk about it. But <laughs> you know, there's just a lot of stuff coming. And honestly, I'm 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 kind of drawing blanks now. And, and you know Tokyo yeah. Mirage Sessions just came out, and I know we're probably gonna, and we're probably going to get news on Shin Megami Tensei Five this year. So it's just oh, I hope endless. So. Well, I they hope well they so. teased it, so I I think yeah. I, th I think I think this year is going to be the huge blowout for it. It and there yeah, like you said, and there's probably also games we have no idea about. We don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I there... wouldn't be surprised if we get Switch ports of um the the Zenthian trilogy on switch four five dragon quest four five and six i could see that happening um, i mean yeah i mean there's always rpgs announced in the directs and we haven't had one yet and there's yeah so there, there's gonna be a lot of stuff announced if you look at all the games that square had last year for it including all the ports very little of it was announced immediately yeah. um so I, I think there's gonna be a lot more to come completely agree especially since it seems like square and nintendo have fully made up by this point and with switch being portable and everything it the switch is yeah, a mean, perfect home to square rpgs especially the retro ones chrono trigger all those air supports switch as much as they do ps4 yeah which tells you everything mm -hmm. i'm gonna be really curious to see though if at around the year mark, if we get a big DLC patch for, or DLC for the PS4 version of Dragon Quest XI that brings over all the additional Switch content. That's a good question. I'm wondering, yeah, I mean, they they, they, they said that stuff was going to be Switch exclusive. Um, and I wonder if Nintendo paid for that. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't, I, I mean, I'm not like against like the PS4 yeah. version getting all that content. It's just, that's what, just what they said. Yeah. We'll be we'll be very excited.
Very exciting. Uh, but the, definitely the RPG I'm looking forward to learning about the most is Bravely Default 2. Because oh, that's, you and me both. Because that's literally Final Fantasy V just, mm -hmm. you know, in this generation. You know, we'll learn about the job classes. It's going to be crazy. Bravely Default <clears throat> is one of my favorite or is my favorite uh, 3DS title. Absolutely love Bravely Default. Bravely Second, I really enjoyed. I think the biggest issue with that one, it didn't have as good of a soundtrack as the first one. But the studio who did the soundtrack for Default is back for Default 2. And I can't wait. And I'm a sucker for job systems. That's why I love like Dragon Quest 3. That's why I love Final Fantasy 5. All that. We aren't the only people, surprisingly, that love Dragon Quest 11s. So we are going around the web. We're going to start with the Coding Gamer over at the sub, uh, the Dragon Quest subreddit. They say for their favorite memory of Dragon Quest XI, I always love the early game when it's just you and Eric on the road. You feel like you're being hunted and you never know if where you're going next, you're just going to fall into the hands of Heliodor once again. I know this technically remains throughout most of Act 1, but the tension in the air is a lot stronger prior to the door of departure in my honest opinion. I, I, I agree with Coding Gamer. I love kind of that bond you and Eric share early on, like him rescuing you from the dungeon and you guys escaping and then being chased by the dragon. That kind of buddy adventure uh, early on in the game, I, I really enjoyed. What, do you, what did you think of that part? I mean, I, I kind of... It solidifies his role as like hero's like quote unquote partner, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty cliche where you know they meet in the dungeon. You know that happens in a lot of <laughs> RPGs, especially JRPGs. Yeah. Um, but he plays you know a, a cool role as like the thief. That you know he's very likable though, and mm -hmm. and that's kind of the thing. Like you know he's a thief, but you never get the impression that he's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, which is kind of hard to do. So, yeah, I definitely feel like he's not like a co-lead, but yeah, he's there from pretty much jump. And yeah, he's, he's a cool character. He's much more suave and debonair of a thief than the Yangus character from exactly, Dragon yeah. Quest VIII. Uh, but I feel like they are, exactly. Yangus and Eric feel very much the same kind of partnership or like feel the same role as the hero's kind of right hand, like, the best friend archetype. I think that was intentional to make people feel like it's just like Dragon Quest VIII. Yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest VIII did fantastic and is still highly regarded, so it's not surprising. It was cool to see how they met in this game. And when you reunite with Eric and kind of how his memory, like, he doesn't remember you and everything that goes on with that aspect... Him getting back his memories, I thought that was a very powerful moment as well in uh, in this game. How he was, like, taken in by, like, these Viking pirates and his sister and everything. It was it was strong. It was a good time. And it's, and it, and it's particularly cool how that scene diverges um, after you go back in time where, you know, in the normal timeline, she becomes a boss. And then yeah. in the new timeline, you heal her even before that. Um, so none of that even ever happens. Um, so it, it's kind of interesting how that how that works. Mm -hmm. You want to take the next one? Take the next one. Um, I'm not gonna scream it like like this user is, but <laughs> Voice of Treason at the Square Enix Reddit. I assume this is um, yes. Silvando, and literally everything he does. I genuinely love all of his side quests. His whole shtick is great, and he's probably the best idea Dragon Quest has had for a character since shit. I'll say he's better than Yangus, so the Russian princess girl. He's great. Uh, I don't know who the Russian princess girl is. Um, She's from... No, this was from Dragon Quest Four. Oh, is that... I want to say. That's oh, who, that who he's referencing. About? Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. For uh, the yeah, best I mean, character I... in this series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Silvando. I, I kind of like that his, even though I never used him, he kind of has like this whole like lion tamer kind of whip moveset um, that, that mm -hmm. kind of 
goes through his personality. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy the story with with his father, where like he grew yeah. up a knight, and obviously, you know, you, as soon as you meet him, you know, like okay, he's fought before, he knows how to use a sword and everything. But then, like fifty hours later, then you learn about his story. Like it's not immediate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I am. I am assuming you checked out the result of Square Enix, or it might have been Famitsu put out a poll all about Dragon Quest Eleven recently, and they're like the they recently one, like, put character. out. Yeah, even in the West, and it's like that makes me feel good because for those of you that haven't played Dragon Quest Eleven, first off, you should. Second off, Sil Silvando is this very flamboyant. Um, I I, I would flat out say like bisexual or probably wouldn't you like just um, yeah, i mean i guess you would have i, I guess i think yeah that, that's the way he's written yeah. um it never explicitly yeah. says he's anything um but yeah if you had to guess by his dialogue yeah you would you you'd think but um but even then it doesn't matter he's just he's a sense he's just a beaming radiant positive energy in your party and it's fantastic. He's a good character. He is. And he got the number one pull from as everybody's favorite character. So, yeah. Silvando for Smash. I'd be okay with Silvando for Smash. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be. But, obviously. He wouldn't be my first choice. But yeah, they, I mean, they already. Have, I don't think they're going to add another Dragon Quest character. But, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I, I think at least he made it as a spirit, if I'm not sure. Yeah. Let me see. Probably. Curious yeah. now, what all? Actually, I, I, I don't. I don't think. I feel like they added all of the Dragon Quest Eleven characters, or at least the party for in Spirits for Smash. See, I, I actually don't think they did, but let me find that real quick. So. Travesty! Get on it, Nintendo. Silvando deserves to be at least a sticker in Spirits. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's one spirit called Hero's Comrades, and it's all of them together in, in oh. one spirit. I, I, I couldn't remember them mm -hmm. as individual spirits, but yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all together as one. Good, good. At least he's represented somewhat. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> Next up, over on the Dragon Quest subreddit, we have Dark Paladin 2. I started an all-draconian run on the PlayStation 4 around the start of December 2018, and I beat Mordigan on late Christmas Day. In all of the attacks, in a, all the attacks to finish him, it was have a ball. Silvando really did bring a smile to my face and restore happiness to Erdria on Christmas Day, no less. Another moment would have had to been the second true ending credits, seeing the montage of games that came before and the epic music that accompanied it. Switch was better because it had the orchestral soundtrack or the orchestral credits. Um. <laughs> what a good way to uh, beat Mordigan. Uh, that, that's a good one. Um, and another Silvando fan, man. That a lot of people in these comments like Silvando, and it, I didn't pick people that mentioned Silvando just to for clarity. It's just a lot of people like Silvando. But we really didn't touch on it, the orchestral track in this game. The, the soundtrack in general, but the orchestral track is fantastic. They they didn't make all the music that, but um, the, 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 the field theme, the battle theme, you know, like the, the major music, yeah, is all orchestral and it sounds really, really good. This game has a fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. Even the mini, I primarily play, because I play through uh, a lot of the Dragon Quest XI on PS4, and then when they announced Dragon Quest XI S, I replayed it on Switch. Even the MIDI soundtrack uh, option is fantastic, I think, in this, and deserves a listen. It's just a really good soundtrack in general. It is. You want to take Neptune Angel? I'll take that one. Um, it is really... Little, the little bits for me. The friendship between Eric and Hero. The banter between Veronica and Eric. The parts where Silvando calls Veronica Ronnie. Silvando's relationship with his father and Hendrick. Rav's porn magazine. Hendrick's memories with Jasper. The part where Silvando wakes you up and shouts, Morning, darling, etc. I just love all the moments with the characters so much. And yeah, that actually is kind of funny where 
it's it's not even just Rab with the porn magazine. It's Hendrick too. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, they they both have that weakness. Let's just say. The little interactions between your parties in this game, and really, I think any RPG could really should take lesson and do more of this. But it's that those little moments, um, like Neptune Angel mentioned, that it just fleshes out your party and makes them feel so much more than just party members. It it develops that bond and kind of that friendship and makes you really feel like these are people that would go through all these crazy hardships together for a common goal and stick with each other. Um, yeah, Morning Darling, I always liked those. Those were fun. Those were fun. Those were good. Next we have Second... Uh, second nap. Sorry if I butchered your uh, screen name over at the JRPG subreddit. The beginning of Act 2 shout stands out to me. The whole first act, you're being told you're the hero, and everyone goes out of their way to help you, and you're sitting there asking why. I haven't even done anything. I don't deserve all this praise and love. The second act starts, and suddenly you have to live up to their expectations. You need to become the hero they saw in you, and save everyone as they once saved you. I feel like this twist, while not unexpected or original, was handled in such a nuanced way that it cut right through the cliché and had a huge emotional impact on me. The, the splitting up of the party when that happened blew my mind. Um, it was... Like, when that happened in the story and everything and everyone got spread to the winds and you had to reclaim everyone, it's like, whoa, this is... I was kind of annoyed when it first happened, and then when I was actually going and rescuing everybody, it's like, okay, this is handled really well. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, because at that point, you kind of feel like your party is pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, and then they just kind of blow it up. Yeah. Like, you've gotten your routine down, you know who you're using, you have, like, strategies you've developed and used, and then suddenly it's like, nope. Now you got to start from square one. It's like, what? No. And why am I a fish? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to the fish part, too, I have to say. That was that was a clever use of, or a way to hide the hero and the rhyming mermaids. That was a really clever use to do that. that, 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 that I, I kind of like that whole underwater town. That was, and the yeah. music in that area was super. And when it was getting assaulted by... Um, Mordigan's general. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, and like the queen of the city like sent you away. And it's like you have to go. You have to do that. You're back. Oh, that was kind quest. of emotional. It was. It was. You saw him crumbling, and it's like these people that had harbored you and kept you safe. Um, yeah, it was pretty emotional. And uh, second nap actually has a bonus memory for him, for us which is when Silvando reunites with his father who just welcomes him home and accepts his lifestyle instantly. You expect to be the usual theater kid coming out to his conservative parents type drama, but nope, totally subverts that trope in the most wholesome way. This was so refreshing and really exemplified the game's themes of family bonds and unconditional love. True. He was more, ex the king was more excited just to have his son back. Or to see his son again. That we, this is the part you kind of mentioned earlier, where the 50 hours later you get his story and you find out a bit more. You find out how he's a knight, and because up until this point, after you get, to I mean, Mondo, it, it gives it gives a little, it gives you little clues that mm -hmm. yeah, like the first time you go to that town, you know, if you talk to the mm -hmm. NPCs, it talks about oh how his son went missing and, mm -hmm. and disappeared. So you know, you can kind of put it together if you're really paying attention. But then, yeah, it's 50 hours later where it's like it's confirmed, and it's always great um, in games where like it get, like you know you want to be right about something, and mm -hmm. it like confirms everything for you. So that's always good. Yeah, it lets it gives you little nuggets for the it gives the player a little little nuggets sprinkled throughout to kind of put together the story themselves, and then the vindication at the end where you finally find out that it's true makes the players little detectives and I like that but I, I agree with you uh, second nap that was a really really good point and it does exemplify the game's themes of family and love so good memories 
Oh, the next one, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this. Saiqueza35? Yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Um, it might be weird, but the bestiary item book changing when you get to the second part and third part of the game was a really great moment for me. I love that even the UI pretended you were almost done with the game and then boom, new pages. So basically what this is referring to is the fact that the first part of the game, you know, you get your regular named enemies. Um, the second part of the game hits, they all have red eyes, and then they become like vicious, mm -hmm. whatever. It's like vicious, so like they're vicious, slime becomes vicious slime, and literally almost every enemy now has a new version. And then the third, actually, I think vicious might be the third. Um, but yeah, there, there's two levels where yeah, like the the all the enemies just completely change. In the UI in this game, in responding to their uh, message as well, well, it is a very clean UI. Uh, UI stands for user interface, by the way. Um, yeah, it was cool. It, little touches like that really, really help just immerse you, I feel. Like a good user interface, a good menu system goes a long way. Especially in RPGs where menus are so important and whether it's equipment or stats or all sorts of things. You, you could literally UI. look up anything. Mm-hmm. It's as deep as you want it to be and I'm all for it. And for the last memory around the web, we have Emmy Sugoku at the Square Enix subreddit. In Act 3, just roaming around doing quests, looking at my long quest list and thinking, am I strong enough now for that? No, maybe I should finish another quest first, then go for it. Just the, in kind of expanding on what they say, just the exploration of this game. The world is huge in this game. There's so much to do. So just the exploring aspect really does, uh, there's a lot to do in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's, although th that's the one thing that's a little different than 8, where like 8 had this like big massive open world where there, there were really no, mm -hmm. it felt, it actually felt less linear than this mm -hmm. game. Where, you know, you go down, you know, pretty narrow paths. There, there aren't really too many gigantic areas. Um... And then the fact that there's also no uh, random encounters also makes it seem like you can get from one area to, to another very fast. Um, but yeah, I actually kind of did like how it felt open, but, you know, in reality, you know, a lot of the game was going down corridors. Yeah. In the dungeons, for sure. Uh, for sure. And you get a horse, so that was cool to go on your adventure with the horse. Oh, yeah. But a big thank you to everyone that submitted your memories and favorite moments for Dragon Quest XI-S. I'm sorry we weren't able to get to all of you, but check the episode notes. I will have links to all of the various subreddits, the posts, so you can share your own messages. And I do check them, and I love hearing about them. But thank you so much, everyone, for sharing it. Now, this is the right after we always go into how and where to get the game we, we've been talking about in case you're interested in it. Now, this is probably the easiest game to still get um, out of all the games we've talked about so far here on RPG University because it is so new. New, it will, you can pretty much get it at most retailer or re in-store retailers. It might be slightly more difficult now because... Um, it has been out for a few months, and it's all switching over to all the crazy games that will come out in 2020. But online, you should have a pretty easy time finding it, and it will still net you, or it will still cost you about $60.59.99 for a brand new physical copy. And use, you can usually get it for about $54.99, depending on where you're looking. Might be slightly less in some places, but at the time of recording, those are the prices. Um, digitally is on the Nintendo eShop it is still $59.99 digital so look forward to that but it's still at least right now at time of recording pretty easy to find now perhaps let's say hypothetically you have bought yourself a brand new copy of Dragon Quest 11s because what we've been talking about sounds really good to you well Stealth and I have some tips for you for new players entering the world of the luminary so stealth what advice or tips would you give brand new players 
So mine would be to talk to all the NPCs. Um, you, you can obviously go pretty much from point A to point B, but you miss a lot of the the, the color of the world, um, and, and you miss a, a lot of interesting kind of little details that you wouldn't normally get, you know, if you just go from story point to story point. So um, I would recommend that. And always make sure that your armor and weapons are consistently upgraded to the level of the town that you're in. Um, because that will dictate how easy or hard your battles are. And they can get pretty hard in this game, actually. And when in doubt, level up, which is like the JRPG motto. Um, like, if, you, if you're just getting destroyed at a boss, you know, spend some time, level up, and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll win eventually. And for my tip or advice, I would say, especially for new players, with all the different characters, kind of just have fun and don't be afraid to test different builds. Like, when you first get a character, don't be afraid to just put points into whatever sounds good in a character's skill tree. Eventually, when you get to, you do get to a point in the game where at camp you are able to respec your characters, which refunds all your points, and then you can reinvest somewhere else. So you can play around, so don't be afraid to just go for the things that you really like as you're learning a character, and then as you get a better feel for them, respec them later into a more specialized role. Or as you go throughout the game, if you find that for one boss or for one area of the game, one skill tree kind of would fit better, respec into it. It's uh, It'll be fine. Um, Rules. Yeah, pretty much. And also, invest some time into the crafting system while you're in camp. You're already switching up your talents and your skill points. While you're there, craft some goods. You can get some really, really strong equipment. The strongest gear in the game you get through the crafting uh, mechanic through the wonder pot i think it's called in this game it's been a minute so i think, I think it's, it's the wonder like, pot yeah. or I, I might be wrong but yeah i think you're right it's a it's a magical pot that you throw things into and new things pop out we'll call it the wonder pot um but invest some time into finding things learning recipes search bookcases bookcases and shelves and wardrobes they will have also a lot of times i should say they will have whether recipes or items, all sorts of things in, so be sure to check all of those. We are on to perhaps my favorite part of the show, the monster or enemy of the week. Stealth, what enemy did you choose for the enemy of the week? Well, in honor of the topic, I chose the Dragon Quest Slime, which might be the most iconic JRPG enemy there is, you know, like right next to the Goomba in Mario Brothers. Like, everyone knows the slime. Oh, yeah. If you show a slime to pretty much anyone in Japan, I'm pretty sure they would be. No, yeah. They would know. And even over here now nowadays, I think you would... For people that play RPGs would recognize it, but... The slime, yes, the little smiling blue blob. It, their family in this game is of slime. When you fight them around the opening area, they have seven HP. Unfortunately, they're lacking in the magic department with no MP to speak of. Their attack stat is 10 with defense stat of eight. Their agility is set to four. And if you manage to vanquish a slime, they will drop two, they will give you two experience. They'll drop two gold. They might drop the occasional medicinal herb, which is their common drop, or if you're lucky enough, their rare drop will be a slime drop. That is going to do it for our episode of Dragon Quest XI-S. I want to extend a huge, huge, huge thank you to Stealth40k for coming on the show today and talking about Dragon Quest as he stares a blizzard in the face. Thank you so much, Stealth, for coming by. Thank you for having me on. I'm always up for talking about RPGs for sure. Well, I have. Uh, well, I love every tweet you put out. You are such... In a world, in a Twitterverse of such polarizing opinions and people just 
hating on each other or just spouting off negativity or random stuff. You are such a breath of fresh air, and I always love the positive message you put out there and the the passion in all your tweets talking about games you love. It is, I always look forward to the good stuff that you have to tweet out, and uh, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. I always look at your tweets too. You know, it's it's in this world of uh, negativity. You know, it's it's important to find the people who actually care and you know are positive and talk about what they care about goes for everybody if you're listening to this shoot out a message whether it's on facebook twitter or a text just tweet out or send a message of positivity something you're really passionate about hey if you like mac and cheese be like man mac and cheese is awesome or if you like dragon quest be like man dragon quest is awesome just spread a little positivity today you'll feel better for it but for people that um, might not know you where can people find you on uh, on twitter uh, you can find me at Stealth40K, and I you'll know it's me because I have a Twitter banner with uh, my name and a bunch of Nintendo characters, if you're ever wondering. so There you go. I highly recommend you do follow him on Twitter because he, he likes to give away RPGs, so he does a bunch oh. of fantastic giveaways, so get, uh, get to following him and enter some of those, and just, you know... Get a little more positivity on your Twitter feed. So once again, everybody, uh, thank you for those who have stayed and listened to the end. You have returned the light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast services, as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mana tree or Idrisil to bloom, restoring the balance and saving the world. Plus, I just really appreciate it. If you would like to and have an RPG you would like me and a guest to talk about, tweet at irrational underscore pod with the hashtag RPGU with what you'd like with the game you would like to uh, hear us talk about here. And once more, thank you again, Stealth, so much for coming by. Really appreciate it. And everybody, until next time, class dismissed. (laughs) 